0: Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boye, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hi friends, and welcome to the podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some holiday shopping. So have you been to check out my shop yet? It's at wakeupwithgratitude.com and in my shop I have a number of wonderful gifts that would make great stocking stuffers or if you want to support local and you live uh, in British Columbia, Canada or Vancouver Island or you really like the scenery from here, it would be a great place to start for gift giving. I wanted to share that my calendar for 2021, which is Lanceville Landscapes. So, I live in a lovely little seaside village right um, on the Georgia Strait, which is part of the Pacific Ocean. And I love taking photos of the sunrise and sunsets. And so, I've put my images into a great calendar for you for 2021. And something else that I've just added to the store is you may have seen my 30 Days of Gratitude cards. And I wanted to make a special card for the holidays. We don't get a lot of snow here on Vancouver Island, so I got to experience a rare snowfall and visited the most beautiful place called Cathedral Grove, which is in Macmillan Provincial Park, last January. And I took some really awesome photos of the trees with the snow. These are some of the largest trees in North America. And I really wanted to make this into a holiday card. So I've done that. I made a holiday card and it says holiday wishes from Vancouver Island. So uh, I'm really excited to put that in the store. And I do have a special in the store right now. If you buy four of the sample packs of six, including the holiday card, um, you get one free. So I would love for you to check out the store after you listen to this episode. It would mean so much if you would choose to shop local this holiday season. On today's episode, I welcome Melissa Dealey. Melissa is an integrative health practitioner and registered health coach living in Whistler, British Columbia. She has a passion for gratitude as a foundation for health, much like me. We talk about how important it is to bookend your day with gratitude. Melissa shares the impact of a daily gratitude practice in her own life and how she's seen it help her clients. We also discuss the importance of living a healthy pandemic life. Please welcome Melissa Dealey hello and welcome to the wake up with gratitude podcast i'm your host julie Boyer, and today i have a very special guest i'd like to welcome melissa Dealey.
1: thanks for having me julie i'm super excited to be
0: here yeah it's really exciting to have a new guest with us today and we met only a few weeks ago but I knew once we connected that I had to share your story with our audience. Um, One of the things that you you shared with me when we first started chatting was about your gratitude practices, and I was like, wow, this is someone I really want to connect with. So Melissa is an integrative health practitioner. She's also a registered health coach, and she lives in a beautiful Whistler, BC, and she is someone who really lives and breathes gratitude. And what I love about Melissa's story is that she's not only, this isn't something new for her. There's little bits of her story that shares how gratitude has been a part of it. And I really love the way that she thinks about her life and her journey. And so I would love for you, Melissa to just share that with our audience, you know, kind of tell us how you ended up living in Whistler and really living your best life.
1: Yeah, I'll be happy to share. So I am originally Australian and I know I don't sound like it. And that's because I was raised in Japan. And on my sixth birthday, I moved to Japan and spent 11 years there and lost my Aussie accent surrounded by mostly North Americans at the time. And as all Aussies do, after I finished university, I took off traveling because I had moved back to Australia by then. And I felt stuck in the bottom corner of the world, not begrudging Australia at all, beautiful country. But I needed to see the rest of the world and visit all my friends that I'd gone to school with in Japan. And so I set out traveling and I arrived in Whistler in October of 1990 for one season. And this is quite a common story in Whistler, but I was supposed to be heading on to a banking career internship in London, England. And when I arrived in Whistler, I felt that this was... little piece of paradise and i had friends start telling me well you haven't even seen summer yet you have to stay for summer and i thought about that and went okay and i pushed my internship back six months and i stayed for summer well then it was going to be ski season again and now i really had to think about what did i want to do for the rest of my life and not that i had to make that lifelong decision in this moment but did i want to stay or did i want to go and I looked around me, and I don't know how I knew because I wasn't in wellness then, but I knew that choosing to live in Whistler and be surrounded by nature was going to be a healthier option for me than moving to London and getting into the banking career. I already knew bankers. I already knew their lifestyle. I had visited London and visited friends. I knew the high stress. I knew the long hours. I knew ending the day at the pub, eating pub food every day. And I knew that's what my life could look like or I could stay in Whistler with all of this great outdoors and and nature around me and I knew I was likely going to make less money but I also knew then that money doesn't buy happiness and that I just needed to make that right choice for me and what felt like the right choice was to stay. And here it is 30 years later. And I have never once regretted that decision. And I don't know where those 30 years went. I really don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, how old are you? You've lived in Whistler <laughs> for 30 years. I was like trying to do the math. So for sure, your healthy lifestyle has led to you not looking your age at all. And I applaud you because part of, I do appreciate that someone who's sharing people how to build a healthy lifestyle, looks healthy, acts healthy is happy and it's such a cliche that money doesn't buy happiness although my daughter would argue that money buys her chalet horses and those make her happy <laughs> but beyond you know buying our kids the the latest you know uh, little plastic horse it's true that you know there's so many times where if we make a choice that's driven by finances it really takes us off the wrong track and I would say as well like what do you remember i know it was 30 years ago but do you kind of remember that that feeling you had that moment where you're like i really need to make this decision to choose lifestyle over creating maybe more rapid wealth in a financial number sense of things
1: do i remember how i felt in that yeah,
0: like do you remember cuz that's a big decision to make you know you I know you say you didn't make a decision for your, the rest of your life, but it kind of ended up that you did at the time. Did you know like, wow, I'm making this huge decision or is it something that you can only look back on and be like, Oh my gosh, I made such a big decision.
1: I think I knew then that I was making a choice to, to make this my home. Yeah. So at that point I'd lived half my life in Japan and half my life in Australia. So I was 22 and I knew that if I lived here, I still had the flexibility to go back to both places and continue to travel, but I I was making that decision that this was the place that I wanted to lay down some roots, and it felt really good. It, It was me tapping into my intuition and what felt right, and because I did that, like I said, I've never looked back and regretted it.
0: I love that. I love that, like little intuition that you knew that you were making the right decision. And it's hard to trust that and it's hard to know that. And you know, that's a little bit about, I think where our gratitude practice can help us in these things, can help us to learn to trust our intuition and find gratitude for where we are and being in this moment and really making decisions that at the time might seem hard, but if we kind of listen to our heart and our intuition, it makes sense. Now, I, I want to fast forward a little bit because you told me about a really cool aha moment you had at a conference a couple of years ago. And going back to this feeling of knowing and intuition and all these things, I'm wondering if you can share that with us.
1: Sure. And so this conference was about three years ago now. And just to set a little bit of a story in between there, I was in the corporate world for 24 years and five years ago, I was let go. And it's in the last five years that I have come back to this practice of gratitude or learned it really. I think I practiced it as a child taught by my mom, but didn't call it gratitude. But in the corporate world, you just get so caught up in having to do more, be more, make, you know, I was in sales, so make your numbers. And I kind of let go of a lot of that side of me. And so it's in the last five years that I've been coming back and delving into this. So I'm still working at it, still working at trusting my intuition and things. But that conference that I was at, we were sitting at a table at lunch, and somebody asked the question, what is one thing that you did this year this past year that has had profound impact on your business or your life. And I thought about that as we went around the table. And when it came to my turn, I said it was implementing a gratitude practice. And because I implemented that gratitude practice, it changed how I viewed the world. And it literally has me feel like I'm walking on air. And what I realize and what I teach my clients is the power of gratitude has us view everything differently. Our human brains are programmed to keep us safe. So they are always having us be on the alert, look for danger, right? And so we're naturally uh, tend to do that and look to have worry and of course the media doesn't help us with the news preying on that and always feeding us the scary stories, so we get hooked in and there's a lot of negative out there that is getting into our brain and causes stress and gets us stuck in our fight or flight mode but when we practice gratitude and do it as a routine in our daily lives we train our brains to look for the good, to look for what went well, to look for the positive. And that's what we don't naturally do. So it's really powerful to actually train our brains into doing that. And when we look for the good, we realize how much good there actually is, and we feel good. And then that's what has me walking on air.
0: Oh, I love that so much, and I love that it came from this moment of realization. You'd been doing it, and then really realizing in that moment the impact that it had on your life. Mm-hmm. You totally. know, I share, I share, um, I've shared in a number of podcast episodes how um, I was able to use my gratitude practice after I had a miscarriage, after my daughter. So, my I have a daughter who's ten now, and I had two subsequent miscarriages, and. On both nights, I was able to write in my journal, which seems really strange. But at the time, I'd been practicing for over a year this, you know, the book ends of the day, ending my day with gratitude. And it was just a habit. Just pick up the journal and find something. Because let me tell you, like, there's no gratitude in the loss of a child, a miscarriage. That itself is not something that I'm grateful for. But at the day, the time in the day, I could find. Things My brain was trained to look for some things to write about to help me get through this. And what's really interesting is, you know, here I am. I have a 10-year-old now. Um, My second miscarriage happened back in like 2014. So it's been a number of years, six years now for me. And I look back on those experiences, not with gratitude, but I look back with them in a way where I can say, you know what? I'm grateful that I have one child. I'm very grateful because it does, our options are different because we have one child versus three. Would we be living on Vancouver Island if we'd had three children? I don't know, right? Like there's so many things. So I can take that really hard time that I went through and use my gratitude practices to help me frame it in a way that I can look today for things to be grateful for because of that kind of thing happened. So, um, I wanna hear a little bit more about how you're using gratitude with your clients. So as a coach and a practitioner, do you work with your clients one-on-one? Are you designing programs? How does that work? I mostly work with
1: clients one-on-one, but I am actually starting to design some group programs to start offering. Um, And when I work with my clients, every single one of them hears about gratitude (laughs) because there is just so much power in it, right? And it, it does shift our ability to come from that place of finding something good. And along with gratitude, I believe in that everything happens for us, not to us. And so I will invite them as well. What is the learning in something where you can't find gratitude? Look for gratitude somewhere else. But what is the learning in that? And the way that I am often talking and encouraging gratitude is around sleep, because a lot of people in this day and age struggle with sleep. In fact, the world is the most sleep deprived it's ever been, aside from being the sickest and most stressed out. And so I have a sleep course. And part of what I teach are some uh, bedtime hygiene routines for adults, right? When we're parents, we all have bedtime routines for our kids. And we think it's for us and just to get the kids to cooperate because they know what's coming next. It's also really helping that child because their brain goes, oh, they're having a bath. That means they're going to brush their teeth and put their pajamas on and have a bedtime story. I'm going to start producing melatonin now. As adults, we don't do that. We don't have that trigger. So I help people create their bedtime hygiene routine so that their body knows when to start producing melatonin to help them get to sleep. And part of that is ending the day with a brain dump and a gratitude journal. So the brain dump is, first first of all, writing down everything that you need to do tomorrow that's running around in your brain that you don't want to forget and put it on paper so you won't forget it. And then your brain gets to let go of all of that. So it can be in a calmer state. And then you're going to do your three gratitude things, whatever they are. Some days, it may be harder than others to find them, but if you're going to bed inside a warm, cozy bed, that's something to be grateful for. And write down those three things. And in doing that, your brain is going to sleep happy, and it's not stressed out. So you're going to have a better sleep as a result. The other way that we do it sometimes is we will start the day with gratitude. As well. And um, setting, it depends on the individual. Sometimes people need help with uh, organizing their day. So I'll have them start with gratitude. And then, what are three things that if they get those three things accomplished today, they've already won their day. But starting off with thinking about what they're grateful for, again, is setting the tone and for their brain into how their day is going to go. I do believe happiness is a choice. I realize some days it's easier to be happy than other days, but we can still choose happiness and choose how we respond to situations and come from it from a happy perspective. And so starting the day with gratitude is also a great way to have people choose happiness. So my personal practice has shifted over the five years. Sometimes I do gratitude journal at night, sometimes I do it in the morning. What I'm currently doing is I'm currently, as I put my head down on my pillow, I'm just saying out loud the things, the three things that I'm grateful for. And in the morning, as part of my morning routine, I will write them in my journal.
0: There's a couple really important things that I want to just, you know, share again from what you just said, which is A, Adults also need a sleep hygiene, a bedtime routine, a way to tell our bodies that it's time to sleep. And the brain dump is something I've definitely used in the past and it is extremely powerful because often the reason we can't sleep is because our brains won't stop talking. So that is super, and you want two separate journals, right? You want the gratitude journal and you (laughs) want the, the brain dump on your phone. Yeah. Funny, I used to write my gratitude on like a tablet and then I was like, no, like I need that pen to paper, that feeling of having a pen in your hand and writing on paper. There's, there's a brain connection to that movement as well. So that I wanted to say is, is super important.
1: I also Go like to start. have pretty colored pens for, oh, me, yes. for my gratitude journal. Oh, can
0: we just talk <laughs> it's about It's not
1: just a regular blue, my, blue pen. Oh,
0: this is my, <laughs> Right. So every, yeah. every, couple, every year I, I replace them because they, they're not – I like the really sharp points. So I'm very right. – and my daughter gets all the hand-me-down markers. <laughs> but the second part about what you said is that you're, it has changed over the five years. And that's the thing. Yes. It will change. Mine changes for sure. Now, the one thing for me that stays constant, and it's been constant now for, oh my gosh, for nine years, literally with so few exceptions, I've written in my gratitude journal every night. The longest I went without writing my gratitude journal was two weeks because I was in the hospital in a medically induced coma, but I had brought my gratitude journal to the hospital because I was like, I knew I'd end up, I knew that I was sick enough that I would end up staying in the hospital. I didn't know that I would be you know put to sleep, but I had my journal in um, the hospital with me. And when I woke up from my coma, when I was awakened out of it, the first thing I wanted to do was grab and write in my journal. I couldn't hold a pen. Um, it's really interesting when you've been, mm-hmm. yeah, when you've been in a medically induced coma um, and, you know, um, you know, with a, like a, a ventilator and everything, um, you lose about 50% of your muscle mass really quickly. And so simple things like, so you said like finding things to be grateful for, it was like, I couldn't hold a pen. I couldn't write anything. It took me a week before I could use my phone again. I couldn't like type on my phone. Um, I couldn't see colors properly. Like all these things, like I I couldn't stand up in the shower. So you know how you just said about like, there's always something to be grateful for. There really is. And I don't, I certainly do not wish that anyone goes through the experience that I went through, but it reminded me like getting in the shower, upright standing up is actually something to be grateful for. So I want to talk a little bit more about these like moments and finding gratitude and having a healthy pandemic life. So we're in it. We're what, seven months now, eight months? Yeah, seven and months. It, and yeah. it's not, listen, it's not going away. There's not going to be a vaccine in early 2021, even if that's the right choice or not. doesn't matter. Like that's just not even going to be on the table. Like our lives are going to be significantly disrupted for probably another 12 to 18 months, which- in the grand scheme of a life, doesn't seem like a lot, but right now we're in it. And I love this concept you had of living a healthy pandemic life. What does that mean? What does that look like?
1: So for me, that looks like choosing to make the most of the situation we have. We, when we are in overwhelm, that's when it's very hard for us to feel good about anything. And we will get into overwhelm when we feel out of control. So again, going back to the media, having the news in our face all the time—that's we're hearing it, we're seeing it. It's affecting our central nervous system and our stress levels, and puts us into a place of fear and overwhelm. When we instead choose to focus on things that we can control, we can come out of that state and find a place of calm and that's where we can make really good healthy choices about how we want to live during this time and so I recommend to all my clients at the very beginning of this turn off the tv turn off the news you can read what you need to read online and when we read it we're just using one sense so it's not as overpowering We can stop reading when we don't want to read it anymore, and we have a lot more control. What else do we have control over in our life right now? At the beginning, I had a number of clients that I was onboarding, and they all just upped and disappeared. I'm too stressed out. I can't cope with this. I can't think about me. I can't think about my health. If I'd had the chance to even have a couple of sessions with them, I could have turned that around and said, you know, this is the most important time to be looking after yourself and your health. But I hadn't built that relationship yet. So I wasn't able to do that and let it go. But what could I now control? Now I didn't have as many clients as I hoped I would have. People are losing their jobs. I could get stuck in the mindset of people aren't going to be able to afford to pay me, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, I was like, what can I do with this time? And I was doing some courses and I decided I could use this time to do my courses full time and finish up sooner so that then I am more available to help more people earlier. And that's what I chose to do with my time because I had control over that. And when I was in that place of doing my courses, loving my learning, I was in that place of calm and not overwhelmed. But I also wanted to make sure that I was looking after me from a self-care perspective. So the other thing all my clients hear about besides gratitude is self-care. And one of my favorite sayings, and it's my mantra, is that self-care is the most selfless act because when I take the time to look after me, I can show up and give the world the best of me instead of what's left of me. And again, as I shifted out of the corporate world and learned that, it had huge impact on my life. And so through this time, I have made sure that I am still getting my self-care time in, and I'm scheduling it. And it was even slightly different this summer. I bought a paddleboard secondhand, and I loved it. And I got out on my paddleboard 40 days for some time on the water with just me and the board. That was huge. Yoga on my back deck. I rediscovered my back deck. And I started taking my yoga mat up there and doing online yoga because the studio that I normally go to pivoted and created online programs. And it was amazing to do yoga to the sound of the birds and the little squirrels running around in the trees, (laughs) dropping pine cones down. Yes. It was so beautiful. And again, it's what can we be doing that we have control over that might be a slight shift that can put us into a place of positivity and still caring for ourselves really well through this pandemic. And I'm actually appreciative of the fact that it happened for reminding me of that and letting me rediscover my back deck.
0: I think that's one of the ways that gratitude can help us through this is like finding the things that we are grateful for that would not have occurred if we hadn't been in this situation. Exactly. But I really hope- I hope that our listeners and those that are watching really, I want you to latch on to having a healthy pandemic life. Um, Cause we can't control that part, that part's not going away and the, like the news is not getting any better. Like, so yeah, limiting the, the consumption and all that, but reframing, thinking about having, how can I have my healthy pandemic life? Cause it's not gonna be the same for me as it is for you or ideas we shared so many ideas during this, you know, conversation. And even if you took one or two of them and applied them, it could make a huge difference. And speaking of really awesome ideas, there is a book that you spoke about. And I was so excited because very few people know about this book. So you may have heard of The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, which gets, interestingly these days, it now gets a lot of flack for being too simple and ignoring all these things. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It changed my life when it came out at the time. But most people don't know about her other book, which is called *The Magic*. And I only discovered it very recently. But you've been using this book in your own life and in your practice. So, can you just tell us just a little bit? Don't tell us too much, but tell us why we might want to pick up a copy of this book right now.
1: Sure. Well, this this is actually her third book. There was a What's book that? in between called *The Power*. Yeah. Um, and so, I've read all of them. And *The Magic* is a great tool for anybody that would like to step further into building a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's a starting point. I would say if you haven't started a gratitude practice yet and you're just getting going, then I encourage you to just start with three things every night or every morning, whatever works for you. And when you have that down as a 30 to 60 day routine, then you wanna get the magic. Because the magic just takes this one step further for you in building your gratitude practice over a 30-day period and taking it to the next level.
0: And I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast can really benefit from that because I do think a lot of listeners are already doing some gratitude practice. So I'm so excited that you brought it up because... I got to about day 24, I was pretty proud of myself. But yeah, there's something you have to do every day and you're writing stuff and repeating things, but it's a powerful book. And it made me think of gratitude in ways that I hadn't thought of. And that's what I love is that, you know, meeting someone like you reminds me of things that I've forgotten about, but it also helps me look at gratitude in a different way that I hadn't thought of, which you would think that someone who, you know, spends her days, you know, talking about gratitude and learning about it. I mean, I just love that there's always something to learn and always a different way to practice gratitude, much like your yoga practice on your back deck, it is a practice. So as we wrap things up, Melissa, if there was, you know, you shared so many things. I think your number one tip was to really start that gratitude journal. If you could share with us maybe one other tip to have a healthy pandemic life, the one other thing that we would do just to have that healthy pandemic life, what would that be?
1: I would just say that our immune systems are built to help us fight off viruses. And so, boosting your immune system is really the number one thing that you want to be focusing on right now, especially as we move through the fall. And some really quick, easy ways to be doing that are using a good quality vitamin C, a good quality vitamin D, a good quality zinc. Um, are, they're a great combination to just help boost up your vitamin C. And if you're a ginger lover, like I am drinking ginger tea, just cut off an inch of fresh ginger root, peel it, drop it into the bottom of your mug of tea, let it steep for 10 minutes. It's a great natural immune booster. So yeah, stepping into healing or boosting your immune system is uh, what I would recommend.
0: Those are really fantastic tips. I actually start my day every day with a hot water uh, with a lemon, about a quarter lemon squeezed in and a chunk of ginger that I slice off every day. So that's amazing. Melissa, I've loved our time together. It's been so wonderful to get to know you. I love that you have so many beautiful ways that you practice gratitude and that it's integrated into your business. It just makes me so excited to share this with our community. How do we get in touch with you? What's the best place to find you?
1: My website is simply betterbrainhealth.info. And I'm also on Facebook as Better Brain Health Coach and Instagram as Better Brain Health. And LinkedIn is simply Melissa Dealey.
0: I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes and in the video notes so that people can just click and find you and connect with you. I know you do a lot of videos and education in that way and it's a great way to learn. So thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed this and I look forward to building and growing a relationship with you, Melissa.
1: Thank you so much, Julie. I've loved being here. There's so much that we could talk about with the concept of gratitude. And I hope that all of your listeners have learned one or two little tips today to further uh, practice or improve or grow their own gratitude practice.
0: Friend, I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Thanks for sticking around right to the end. Are you a friend of this podcast? Would you like to help me grow the podcast? I would love to hear from you. I have created a simple online survey that only takes a couple of minutes to complete. So if you've got a couple moments, I encourage you to check out bit.ly slash w-u-w-g podcast survey. Basically, Wake Up With Gratitude podcast survey. Easy to find. You can also find it through SurveyMonkey. And I would just love to hear from you on what you would do to make this podcast even better. I'll post the link in the show notes as well. And again, it would just mean so much if you would take a couple of minutes to help me to make this podcast even better.